how you beat the Sabres. You play them. You show up. <laughs> Congratulations. You've got two points. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Buffalo Sabres. Today's fun because we have a brand new person. A lot of times, Joe, you don't know this, but a lot of times we end up with the same people for the same teams over and over again, which is not bad, but it's always nice to have a new person. So we have Joe Yarden. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Kelly. It's nice to uh, nice to talk with you and talk, uh, I guess, talk about the Sabres. I guess that's a nice thing to do. Yes. I mean, we're going to talk about the Flyers and the Sabres, neither of which <laughs> right now are particularly <laughs> fun to talk about. Um, but yeah, you used to cover them for The Athletic. Is that right? And I think you were with SB Nation for a little while, too. Yeah, I covered them for The Athletic. I covered them uh, as the Buffalo correspondent for NHL.com for five, for five seasons, fun. I think. Six seasons. I forget. I don't know. Time gets away from you, especially when <laughs> my first season here was 2013-14, and all I've seen is a lot of really bad hockey. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's that way. <laughs> so okay, let's just let's just get into it. The Sabers have <laughs> lost their last seven games. Uh, the Flyers have lost their last two, but then lost a bunch before that. So. I guess, I mean, I don't know how you answer this question, but I guess broadly, um, if you had to pick one thing that is going super poorly for the Sabres right now, like if you can point to one thing that's led to them losing seven games in a row, what might that be? Boy, just just one thing. Um, <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be an easy answer. Okay, I was going to say this is <laughs> this is like picking your your favorite pet, except it's not your favorite pet. It's just yeah, I don't way. <laughs> it's yeah, it's picking your picking your least favorite pet, and when all you have are just like rabid animals, and <laughs> and they all crap on the floor, and you're just like, wow, which one of you is the the least bad? Um, uh, I, I I don't know. It, it for me, it's a toss up between the lack of offense. Uh, at even strength because um, they they don't have any really. I mean, I guess their last few goals have been even strength goals, but you know, uh, who, who cares when you're losing when you're getting blown out? Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think the lack of defensive structure, um, which they had in which they had actually really well last year, um, which sounds surprising because they weren't that great last year, but um, but they had other issues, but. Um, but yeah, the uh, the lack of any sort of cohesion at all, both offensively and de- and defensively, is 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 a big problem. And yeah, it's it's all sticking out very very much so. And um, it's it's really hard to to really blame yeah. one thing over the other because they all they all connect together. And which is really funny because their team slogan last year was was play connected and they absolutely mm. do not play connected uh, this season. So one of the things I mean, heading into the season, I don't think anyone expected Buffalo to light the world on fire, given, you know, last season and all seasons before. Um, but you guys got Taylor Hall and you think to yourself just as a casual hockey fan. OK, Jack Eichel. Now you have Taylor Hall, too. Mm-hmm. They might be bad, but I think in our preview, actually, our season preview, we said that they might be bad, but they'll probably be really fun to watch being bad. I think the theory being that, like, these two players that are pretty electric offensively, they'll probably be fun to watch. But um, they don't really seem to be doing too much either. So 
is there something you can point to there that's going on? Yeah. Well, I think the misleading thing about that move being made was was that Ralph system would be uh, would open up more because of it, Um, because they were not a very exciting offensive team last year. I mean, yes, Jack had a stupendous season, um, but they weren't really a get up and go kind of team. They weren't they weren't a freewheeling, you know, you know, fire in your skates kind of kind of kind of offense like they were very far from that and that you know a lot of that is due to the part that they they stressed being responsible on the defensive end of things which they were um goaltending let them down special teams let them down uh last year but um but ralph's offense i mean the way it's the way it looks this year is is a shell of what even what it was last year i mean at least mm. last year you had some signs that that yeah, if you let Jack just kind of do what he needs to do, things good things are going to happen. And if you add a guy like Taylor Hall, well, that gives you a, at least the, two lines worth of of offense that can that can do that sort of work. Um, but that has not been the case. Um, when you watch them try to play offense, um, their default seems to kick the puck out to the defense, and then the defense somebody doesn't matter which defenseman it is is going to take a shot from the point. That's either getting blocked and starting a break the other way, uh-huh. or it's it's sailing way off the mark, and there's no second chance, and you know the possession is over with. Um, it's it's draining to watch a team play offense the same way and just think that hey maybe this shot from seventy feet out is going to get through or it's going to hit somebody in front. Uh, but the problem is if it's going to hit somebody in front, it's not going to be a stick of their own player <laughs> because they don't have any traffic in, in front of in and around the net. So it, it's just an offense where it's very much doing the same th- thing over and over and expecting different results somehow. But it, it's like one out of every 30 of those point shots finds a way to go through. And it's like, aha, justified. We've, got, <laughs> we've figured out the offense. Now it'll start coming. And no, it does not. They, they need to play more off the rush. They need to, put pressure on the other teams defensively because they're very easy to figure out. Like when yeah. their forwards try to cycle down low and they kick the puck out high, you know, a shot is coming and it, you can get in front of it. You can, the goalie's going to see it from forever out and there's not going to be anybody in front for a rebound. So it's, it, it does not at all play into those strengths of, of guys like Eichel and Hall were playing off the rush and using their speed and their creativity is, is, is a huge boon to their games. And, you know, for their credit, they're still getting shots, but the quality of those shots is not very good. So a few days ago, um, there was an article on the athletic, basically, you know, just a bunch of quotes from the GM, Kevin Mm -hmm. Adams, um, saying, you know, basically none of this is good enough. Everything's on the table. So that said, like, how many more losses do you think until Kruger loses his job? Because, I mean, it seems like that has to be the first move. Um, I'll be honest with you. If he still has a job when they play at home on Thursday, I will be shocked. Mm. Um, I think win or lose against Philadelphia, I think he's gone. Um, yeah, I mean, what you described, um, you know, about their system and, I mean, if you can't get Jack Eichel more than two goals over the course of mm-hmm. 21 games, like you're not doing something correctly. Yeah. I mean, what Taylor Hall went, what, 20 games in between goals? I think it Oof. was, you know, like he scored in the first game and then not again until a couple days ago. 
So yeah, like that's bad. Jeff Skinner finally got his first goal on Sunday. Like, you know, and that's, that's with him getting sat down for three games. And that's when things really started getting out of hand. Um, yeah, that was such, a, effort. such yeah. a weird thing. Like of all the things scratching Jeff Skinner, I don't know, like as someone you just kind of like casually with like half an eyeball on what the Sabres mm-hmm. are doing. That seems like a weird way to try to fix the problem. Yeah. And the the whole thing with Skinner on appearances, you know, like even I was kind of like, like, what are you even saying, Ralph, when he when he commented <laughs> about Skinner scoring? I was just like, just say, hey, yeah, I'm really happy he scored. Good for him. Maybe this will get him going instead of, you know, he starts off with saying, well, you know, a guy who's made his whole career at goal scoring, finally getting his first one. I was just like, dude, pay a compliment. Just <laughs> leave it at that. Like, you know, yeah. it's not even so much like if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Like you can't do that. But, you know, maybe don't give a long winded explanation as to why you're happy. He finally <laughs> scored a goal like mm. you're just going to, you know. And, you know, Ralph's Ralph's a talented orator. He's, you know, he's an author. He's a smart guy. And like, that, that's just a total, you know, punting of an, of a layup question. <laughs> and instead it just makes everybody look at it and go, dude, just what's your beef, man? Like, what, why do you, you know, what, why do you not like Jeff Skinner, which, you know, gets people thinking about what happened to him in Carolina and like why that went south and why mm. everybody kicked him on the way after they traded and they kicked him all the way out. And, um, and why it's happening again in Buffalo. Like what, like, what does this guy do? Is he like a, is he constantly leaving bags of dog poop on, on his front door? <laughs> like, like what, like what, like what happens? Is, is he, is he the guy like knocking your drink off the table in the meal room or something? Like, I, I don't understand. Like I, I see, I see Jeff Skinner and his smile and he lights up a room and like, yeah. is he just like a huge bully? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, I always like, I'm like, I always assumed before that that kind of thing is because a guy's an asshole. But then, like, Dougie Hamilton, like, didn't like to go to bars and liked museums. And somehow that made him just, like, an absolute nightmare that had to get off, like, had to be traded because it was just, like, the room couldn't handle it. So now I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Ha- hashtag hockey culture, you know? Like, yeah, that's, right. That's, that's basically what, like, that all boils down to. But, like, I know Jack likes him. <laughs> you know, I've seen those interactions in the room. Those guys... I mean, uh, I remember last year when um, he was, you know, myself and a couple other reporters were, were were talking to him after a morning skate or something like that, and he was asked, he was asked very pointedly by by one reporter if if he was upset about not being on Jack's line. You know, this is maybe this is maybe like 15, 20 games into the season. Um, you know, it's like, it, you know, he basically asked point out like, are you not scoring because you're not playing with Jack, or are you upset mm-hmm. about that and you know, I remember seeing Kyle Opozo and and one of the other one of the other forwards sitting there and just go ooh and like they just start <laughs> laughing and they're just staring at Jeff to see what he you know to see what he says and to to Skinner's credit the guy never takes a shot at anybody like he he had free reign to 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 bury the Hurricanes for for how things went down and you know and you know Bill Peters and Rod Brindamore and Don Waddell all kicked him all the way out um, and they decided not to. And it was just kind of like, all right, well, I guess like that's, you know, he was just like, he's like, well, you know, they're, they're entitled to their opinion. They can they can say whatever they want and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, it's a really grown up response, because if it was me, I'd just be like, F him, F his family, F his ho- F the horse he rode in on, F all of them, because 
because did you see them playing me on the third line in Carolina? We didn't have players in Carolina, man. Like all I did was score goals and these guys kept pushing me down the lineup and Hey, look what's happening in Buffalo. Hey, same deal. So, uh-huh. um, so yeah, it's, it's one of the many little melodramas that surrounds this very bad team. And it's, it's remarkable. <laughs> it's honestly remarkable because I watch how the team plays and the things that have come up and the different problems that happen and everything reminds me of a different previous bad season here and i'm just like wow it it's not even like a you know if you don't learn from history you're doomed to repeat it kind of thing it's not that at all it's just the same things are just happening all you know all the time and it's just like wow i i am shocked to see all the same (laughs) dumb crap happening again with a different group of guys and are arguably this is probably the most talented Team like just on paper, yeah. the, the most talented team they've had since I think Eichel's first season, when they had O'Reilly and Leonard and and Vander Kane and and those guys. It, it's it's arguably as you know, as talented as that team that got eighty one points and missed the playoffs. <laughs> and this team right now is basically on pace for the same. You know, if it was an 82, 82 game season, the same point total as the fourteen fifteen tank team. And like mm. that's that's wrong, man. Like you cannot. You cannot be this bad with this group. No, it's it, I, it I is pretty you. remarkable. <laughs> so, okay, so trying to find a bright spot, I was kind of just <laughs> perusing. Um, it seems so. Linus Olmark has a nine one nine save percentage. That's pretty good. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I guess I he's mean, playing well. <laughs> well, I mean, he was until he got hurt. <laughs> oh, he's hurt. I didn't even realize. Yeah, okay. yeah he's out for like three more weeks or something like that. Um, Huh, yeah. So the one thing that was going well. <laughs> well, they, they had Jake McCabe was playing outstanding and he would play great last year, but he's out for the season. And that's, I mean, that he and Ristolainen, like people were talking about the, the re, you know, the, the up, the finally Ristolainen living up to his, his um, reputation and, and finally, you know, growing into his purpose. And then McCabe gets hurt and now right back down into the ditch. And, you know, of course I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bury Ristolainen for anything because he's playing, you know, after having a very, very bad bout with COVID that we all thought was going to keep him out of the lineup until like at least now. Um, instead, he's played like the last six or seven games. And um, it seems stupid <laughs> to be frankly honest. Like it seems stupid that a guy who who told a, you know, a Finnish reporter that it felt like his heart was cracking when he when he was, you know, walking up the stairs or something. And like that's how it made him feel. I'm like, you know what? This guy gets a break, and instead he gets he's yeah. playing 20 to 24 minutes a night, and it's just like, okay, like, and you know, Ralph even admitted, you know, oh, you know, he's 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 having a hard time coming back from that. Well, yeah, no kidding. I would imagine, right? <laughs> no, no kidding, really. Like the guy, the guy couldn't like walk around his house without you know struggling to breathe, and now he's he's playing 20 minutes a night. Cool, great, thank you. So I'm glad you brought up Ristolainen because one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, so the Flyers, I don't know if you've been paying any attention to them, but the defense for the Flyers is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Terrible. Um, and kind of the the whole problem with it centers on them losing Matt Niskanen and as a result, and not replacing him, and as a result, just like having this jumbled mix of guys, none of whom seem to work perfectly together, and it's just been a giant mess. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about the Flyers going out and getting a defenseman if they're going to seriously try to do something with this season. 
And one of the names that keeps popping up, because he's a right-handed defenseman, is Rasmus Ristolainen. I would like you to tell Flyers fans why they do not actually want Chuck Fletcher to trade assets for Rasmus Ristolainen, because I feel, in my mind, it's a mistake. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy you brought up Ristolainen, because I remember being in Philly uh, for a road game I think it was a couple seasons ago. And, you know, during warmups, people, you know, the different people I know in Philly are just like, what's what's going on with Ristolino? What's his deal? And I was like, well, you know, his analytics stink. Um, he seems to have picked up a lot of bad habits from from being leaned on so hard as a young guy on very bad teams. And he hasn't seemed to have given up any of those bad habits. Um, and he just seems to be kind of OK with that, even though he's a great dude. Um Super quote, super honest, like everything about him is just he's just a super dude. It's just everything that he does just makes you crazy because you're just like this guy has all the potential in the world. Why is he playing this poorly? And people in Philly are just like, this guy would be like pronger here. And I'm like, whoa, 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 (laughs) time out. First off, oh boy, (laughs) you know, like I, I mean, could he be? I mean, he's big and strong. He's he's probably one of the strongest hockey players I've ever seen in my life. Like the guy, the guy could absolutely be like a bodybuilder if he wasn't a hockey player. Like the guy's just a he's a workout freak. But, um, you know, but the but his skating. Not that great, but like, you know, you see a guy that's that strong and he's able to just kind of like still kind of wheel up and down the ice. You're just like, wow, that's 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 kind of freakish. Um but it's like he's he's the ultimate toolsy player. Like he has all these things. Like he, he he's got a big slap shot. Um, he's you know he's he's strong. He's physical. Um, but there's just there's just something that you can't quite put your finger on it and say this is why he he struggles at X Y and Z things. And you're just kind of left wondering like well, when is he gonna put it together? Mm. Well, it's been what seven years now. Yeah, a long Buffalo? time. Eight years, like. At some point, you just stop looking at your watch and say, and saying like, "Well, when is it going to happen?" You just say, "No, this is kind of what he is now." And I think this is this is, I think that's the the trouble with what happened this year with McCabe, and you know, COVID, and all of that, where you're just kind of like, "Wow, maybe we he was finally hit," you know, making that breakthrough where he just found that good way to be a really solid defenseman, not you know, not excelling at a number one level, but like maybe like if he's your number four, number three or four guy for the next you know, five, six years, you're, you're probably okay. As long as you have guys that are better than him that can take up more ice time, then you're, then you're fine. And <laughs> instead, yeah. instead it's just right back to the well with some of the old stuff. And you're just like, Oh, geez, like how, how much longer is this going to go on for? But I tell you what, uh, ownership here loves him. Like they, they mm, really obviously. Love the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, but I mean, it's lasted over multiple GMs where you'd think like, well, at some point, one of these GMs is going to say, listen, like we gotta, we got maybe not cut your losses, but just say we can get something better in return for him. And I just, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think the book is out on him where people understand what they're getting into, but he has all those Things that make, you know, the classic old GM go, ooh, he'll be different for us. Like, right. you know, I've, I've always said that if you put wrist lining in a playoff atmosphere, you'd probably see a different kind of player, you know, and, the, you know, part of that's because the rule book gets thrown out in the playoffs. But I think also that playing games that mean something, <laughs> playing, you know, those meet those classic meaningful games, I think you would finally say, like, all right, now's the time to go. 
I mean, we saw it when he was a kid when he helped uh, Finland win World Juniors, mm-hmm. and we've seen that in international competition where you're just like, wow, where's this guy been? You know, what, you know, how does this happen? And instead, you know, you watch every NHL game, and you're just, you know, one game he's great, and the next game he's just he he's throwing pucks off the glass and icing it, you know, a hundred times and trying to be too cute about stuff, and you're just like. Geez, man, like, just focus for a second, please. <laughs> and it just doesn't happen. But I, I think it's going to get to, I mean, I've been saying this for th- three years. The best thing for him is to trade him somewhere where they will they can figure him out. Because I don't think it would ever happen here. Although it, mm-hmm. they started making progress on that this year. And, you know, just, you know, when, when things go bad, you don't get lucky breaks. And Buffalo, Buffalo does not get lucky breaks with, with any of this stuff. Because... You know, I, I guess that's where you have to go full Harvey Dent and say you have to make your own luck. But, man, they, they don't do anything to create their own luck here. Yeah, see, that's the problem is that what the Flyers need is someone to play with Ivan Provorov to shore him up. And it's like 23 minutes a night. And I feel like putting Ristolainen in there is just sounds to me like a recipe for disaster so how much do you like high event hockey because that sounds like that (laughs) that would be it it it, you show flyers fans like a giant man that plays defense and literally they can't think of anything except for chris pronger and they convince (laughs) themselves that whoever this large man is he's definitely the next chris pronger and it's like no no he's not no one ever (laughs) will be i promise you well, I can remember being at a at a Sabres. It's funny enough. I was in college in Central New York, and I was I was my friends and I. We went to a Sabres Flyers game, and it was two thousand one. I want to say, yeah, I think it was two thousand one, uh, and it was the last regular season game of the year. And they already Sabres and Flyers knew they were facing each other in the playoffs in the first round, anyways. Um, and I remember we were sitting in the last row in the upper level, like behind one of the nets. And like, it was a crazy game. Derek plant scored the game winner for Philly, which drove everybody in Buffalo crazy. Cause it was like, Oh, he gave up this guy. How does this happen? And, um, and we had, we had a ton of flyers fans in our section. And the one guy who was the loudest one that was heckling us was a guy wearing a Dan McGillis flyers Jersey. Oh boy. And I, <laughs> and I was just like, you, you mentioned how they just love every big hulking defenseman in Philly. And yep. I was like, yep. Dan McGillis was definitely that guy. And now all I ever think of with Flyers fans is getting very badly heckled. I mean, this guy was like an amateur <laughs> Philly heckler um, because he was like one by oneing us as we walked past after the game. And we all had like different jerseys on because some of us were just psychos that weren't Sabres or Flyers fans. And we were just like there for, for fun. And, you know, he's one by one. My, my one buddy's got a Grant Fuhrer jersey on. He's like, hey, Fuhrer, Fuhrer, go do some more coke. And he's just like, all right, oh, buddy, whatever. I'm just like, oh that's actually a horrible thing to say. Thanks. Uh, my buddy's got a Hashik jersey on. He's like, Hashik, we own you. We own you. And he's just like, yeah, we'll see next week. And he gets to me and I'm wearing a Whalers jersey. And he's like, you, you. And I'm looking at him like, yeah, come on. He's like, your team doesn't even exist anymore. And I was like, that's Ooh, it. Get lost, man. Gotcha. Like, <laughs> soft serve, dude. Get lost. There's always but, yeah. some Flyers fan somewhere giving us all a bad name. <laughs> well, I mean, he was he was giving you guys a bad name and just that he didn't know how to rip on other people. And it was just yeah. like it's low effort, man. Get real. So you mentioned how this Buffalo problem has existed for several years through several lineups and several general managers and coaches. And coaches, yes. 
So we all know what the problem is. It's kind of the one that you can't do away with because Mm -hmm. they have lots of money. Um, Because so I have this thing in my mind. I'm like a total weirdo where I have in my mind in a like an ideal like peak performance NHL. There are certain teams in my head that should be the good ones. And for some reason in my mind, the Buffalo Sabres are one of those teams where if everything's going correctly with the universe, the Buffalo Sabres are a good hockey team because I feel like Buffalo at its peak was a really good hockey town. I love the city of Buffalo personally. I think it's low-key great. Mm -hmm. It's practically Canada. The fans (laughs) have stuck around through all of this nonsense for the most part. I feel like it's a city that should have a good hockey team. Do you think there is any chance that these people, you know, the ones I'm talking about, yes. I don't want to say their names because they might have us killed. Um, parody, <laughs> parody, parody. Um, <laughs> will anything ever get better with that situation? Uh, what's your version of getting better? Because <laughs> I know no, there's a lot of fans that want them to sell the team. Yeah, because that would be. I think that would be the way. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think that's extremely wishful thinking. Um, unless it gets to a point with them where they decide, like, we just rather would focus on the Bills all the time, mm. and that would be cool. And I don't. I honestly don't know if if Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott would love that too. Because <laughs> if they got to focus all their attention on one team, that means they got to hear from them way more and and have mm-hmm. them be like, you know, maybe. <laughs> no, have you heard about Tim Tebow? We might want to get him. Like uh, he oh, retired no. from baseball, and like he's been done <laughs> in football for a while. Like he's thirty-eight now. Like I don't think we need him. I don't know. He might bring I've some heard of him, Yeah, but like, <laughs> like that's the kind of conversation that I imagine would happen when you know when if Terry shows up to be like, hey, how about this guy? And the the difference being that when that conversation happens in the hockey offices, it's taken for for absolute. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, <laughs> do not do that. Um, I it, I think that the solution everybody wants is to have a president of hockey operations as as kind of a go between ownership and the GM. And I honestly think that's a great idea. Uh, yeah. The the problem there being they tried that, and it was with Pat Lafontaine, and it lasted four months. Three months, three, four months, and it didn't work um, for various reasons. It just it didn't work. And I think that their experience with that was so poor that they're just like, we don't need that. And, you know, hard-headed executives can sometimes just be that way yeah. uh, and just say, like, listen, this is not this is not a circumstance that that we're looking for. That's why I think with with Ralph and I think they like Ralph quite a bit. I think ownership likes Ralph very much. Um, I don't think they're very eager. I don't think they want to fire him, but I think I could see him getting booted up to management when, you know, can have a very carefully worded statement and say like, you know, listen, we, you know, we appreciate Ralph's insight and everything. We want to move him upstairs. And, you know, coaching is just not benefiting him right now. And it's not benefiting the team. We'll get somebody else in here, you know, whether it's, whether it's Bruce Boudreau or, you know, Gerard Gallant or I don't think Claude Julian would would be eager to jump into this fray. But um, <laughs> or if it's somebody else from within, which you, know, you never know with, with this ownership, you, you don't know if somebody who's already currently in the organization somewhere, they're just kind of like, I think he would be a good coach, even though he has no experience. Put him in there. Like, let's go. Like, 
I can see like any of these things are possible. Um, yeah. But as far as them taking off, I just I, that I don't I don't see that happening. They've invested so much money in building stuff up around the arena area, um, mm-hmm. and so much of that is 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 in place for you know for not just the Sabers but also for planning down the road for for if when they they get a new Bills Stadium built mm-hmm. downtown. Um, and you know, the, the, I do appreciate the New York state already told them like, listen, we ain't got money. Like we're not pitching <laughs> in the COVID COVID really put a bite on us here, guys. So if you think you're, we're going to give you money for, for, for building a billion dollar stadium downtown, you might be wrong. Um, so, I mean, that might delay things for a while, but again, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know how, you know, how, if you got billions of dollars sitting around, you can, you can change opinions pretty quickly. Um, but I think um, changing the executive structure, which I, you know, again, I can't really believe them doing, seeing how they, you know, they spent all the time after they hired Kevin Adams firing everybody else that they, that they had, but, mm-hmm. um, but they, I think they're at a point now where they need a buffer and they need a buffer that they trust. Um, not necessarily so, and they, they, they're very reticent. You know, the reason why they hired Kevin Adams is because they said part of what they felt was that they were let down by NHL suggestions in the past, which in hindsight, looking back at those choices, I, you know, Hey, listen, I don't think anybody thought Jason Bottrell was a bad choice to be the GM. Yeah. Um, he was on everybody's shortlist to be at a GM eventually. I don't think anybody faults them for hiring Dan Bilesma. You know, Mike Babcock, Mike Babcock stiffed them and went to Toronto instead. So Bilesma was number two on the list. Well, okay, they got their guy. Um, when they hired Phil Housley, it was same deal. Like Nashville is just fresh off a, a cup final appearance. And he was on the short list of like, well, this guy's going to be a coach. Like there's, there's no doubt. And it was too much of a slam dunk to go hire the, you know, the former standout <laughs> player, Sabres player to, to bring him in a coach. So, um, all these suggestions are, they were still done with familiarity. I mean, they had interviewed Bottrell back in 2014 when they hired Tim Murray. So it's not like these were, these were people that they were unfamiliar with, but, um, but they felt that the NHL guiding hand in all of this was a problem. And that's why they kept it in house. Cause they're like, well, listen, if, if people are going to let us down, we're going to be let down on our own. Well, <laughs> be, be you careful. did it. Be careful. Be careful how that works, because uh, you might just you might just get your wish. But um, but I mean, Kevin Adams has been put in an, an absolutely unenviable position with all of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting out, going out and getting Taylor Hall was a great win. But, um, you know, maybe letting Johan Larson get away wasn't was a problem. You know, deciding that they didn't want to keep him around when that line with Oposo and Girgensons was fantastic last year. You'd think you'd want to keep that together. But. They had no interest in keeping Larson around, which, you know, I mean, that's, that's fine in a vacuum, but you went out and got Cody Eakin to replace him. And Cody Eakin's defensive metrics are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to create the same magic with him. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they do have an analytics person in Jason Nightingale, but, you know, they could probably use a team to do that. But again, hire them deciding that if they want to hire people to do that, that's, that's, that's all on, that's all on ownership's shoulders. And if they decide they don't want to do that, then, you know, for a team that's, you know, where all the rumors say that they're supposed to be, they're, they're supposed to be being frugal about things and this, that, and the other thing, you'd think you'd want a robust analytics team to be able to find those diamonds in the rough everywhere that people are ignoring because 
they don't do the flashy things, but they yeah. do all they do everything well, and they keep co- keep costs down that way. It's like reading ha- it's like reading Moneyball, but only like the Cliff's Notes version, where you're not really getting <laughs> what you're supposed to be getting out of it. And that that's kind of it's kind of how it feels how they operate when they give li- they give lip service about you know paying attention to analytics. It's like, mm. listen, if you, you can have all the numbers you want, but if you're looking at them through a skewed lens, you're you're screwed. Yep. Yeah, you would just think at some point, you know. You would look at your asset and be like, maybe we're not hockey smart because this team doesn't win games. So maybe we should just let people who know what they're doing make us lots of money. But, you know, rich people be rich. So yeah. there's always the 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 uh, the the ego and the pride factor. Uh huh. Exactly. Always gets in the way with that stuff. And sometimes you just can't take that back seat and let others, you know, get the job done for you. I mean, yeah. I I can look at a guy like Ted Leonsis in Washington where yeah there's an ego there and yeah he's he's a noticeable owner um but he doesn't really overstep his bounds he just hires people that get in there and and just take care of business and that seems to work okay for him yeah they <laughs> I mean, seem to be doing all right I mean that, that, I mean well at least in the hockey side anyways I mean I, I I don't I can't really speak to uh to how the uh, the Wizards are doing but um hmm. I'm sure I, I know that hasn't been as successful. That's for, that's for sure. But um, but it's just like, you know, at some point you just got to look at things and go like, what? You know, we got to figure this out. This is yeah, this is this is getting to be too much. I mean, the last time this team was in the playoffs was the year they bought the team and they didn't really have a hand in getting them to the playoffs that year. And, you know, the, the, <laughs> I'll never forget watching game seven of that that playoff and when it's once I saw Danny Briere score for Philly in game seven, I was like, well, see you later. That'll do it. Because <laughs> Buffalo doesn't overcome having ghosts haunt them like that in, in playoff series. And, you know, little did we know that the, their future ghost was also on Philly beating them in Billy Leno. Mm. That's that how long year. ago this was. I know, right? <laughs> that was a, crazy part. a very long time. I mean, to be fair, the Flyers may have technically had more success since that season but you know not great either so you know i I don't know i look at philly and i'm just kind of like there's there's some really good pieces there like there's some really talent and like you got the goaltending thing figured out i know hearts had some ups and downs this year but whatever that that kid's great um provorov like same thing i see flashes of him where i'm just like wow this this kid's a beast Mm -hmm. and i know there's struggles there and i i know they've been basically trying to push gostas bear out of town for two years and um, I'm surprised he hasn't wound up in Buffalo somehow. <laughs> I'm honestly shocked that that hasn't happened. Um, but like with everybody else, I mean, like people were ready to, to throw Giroux down the stairs a few years ago. And it's like, he just keeps going. I mean, Couturier is incredible. Um, I, you know, at some point Morgan Frost will get his, get his opportunity and show so. people like what's up. And, um, I don't know. There's just, there, there, for me, Philly's a team that's always teasing hope, which I'm sure is part of the problem. But, um, but I just see them, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know what? At some point, they're gonna get a they're gonna get another guy or two, and then they're gonna be a huge pain in the butt for everybody. And yeah, I thought last year was gonna be that kicking off point because suddenly they were just like a you know like a hundred point level team. I'm just like, whoa, okay, Philly arrived. They're right, they're here. Um, and I know it's different this year, but um, <sighs> I, I know it's frustrating this year. Um, but like I I look at them like. If Pittsburgh gets in the playoffs over them, I would be I would be angry forever if I was a Flyers fan because it would just be like Pittsburgh looks like they're on death's door. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I said that before the season even started. I was like, I don't trust them. You know, I said your playoff teams are your Philly, Boston, the Islanders, and uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Capitals. Capitals. Thank you. Yeah. God. Um, sorry. New new division for as far as Buffalo is concerned. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but like like those are those to me are the four playoff teams. People are like, wow, no Pittsburgh. I was like, listen, unless Crosby goes, you know, Superman and Malkin follows him, I just don't see it. Like I didn't trust Jari. I didn't trust any of their defense. You know, Latang's hurt constantly and. and like everything about them just screams like they're they're on the way out. Yeah. And you know, unless unless and that that to me was I was like if one of those four teams I picked out slips up and Buffalo has an appropriately good season, like they could get Buffalo could steal a steal a place, but I was like you know, I wasn't I wasn't buying in on Pittsburgh, but I was like Philly Philly I figured Philly and Boston were going to were going to kick each other's teeth in all year and then Washington and the Islanders were basically going to settle out 3 and 4 somehow, but yeah, it's yeah, I don't blame you guys for being mad. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you guys for being like, come on, just get on with it already, please. Yeah, just do the things that you were doing last season. It wasn't that long ago. You're the same people. <laughs> just do those things again. I don't get just, it. But like, just stop doing this. Whatever this is, yes. stop doing that. Do a different thing. <laughs> just try it. Okay, so the last thing I'll ask you is the last thing that I ask everybody, and that's mm-hmm. just for a random shot in the dark prediction for the final score of this game uh i'm gonna say 4-1 philly okay um i know they've been good about pitching shutouts lately against buffalo (laughs) whether Mm -hmm. it's ryan elliott or carter hart um but i think i i I think buffalo's buffalo's good for getting down three to nothing getting one goal and be like ah ah, ah," and then getting (laughs) a goal immediately right after that to, to be like all right this is over um but I see, I could see a four-one loss, and that'll be that'll be Ralph's swan song to not being a coach anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I had this this weekend for me is the weekend where I started to. I'm kind of an annoyingly optimistic hockey fan at all times. Every season, I'm convinced this is the season that the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup. This weekend, the Penguins game and then the Caps game after it was the weekend in which I was like, oh, no, this is this might be bad. I don't know what's happening. So I'm like in in a bad fan space. But I'm going to say that this has to absolutely be a game that the Flyers win. If they don't win this game, I'm I don't know what's going to happen to me mentally. That's, <laughs> I, might, I think that's fair. I might lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping the Flyers win. I'm going to say, though, I don't, because they're just not playing well right now. I'm going to say it's like a close, like two to one, three to two type of thing that the Flyers win, but in such a way that we all hate them anyway, which is extremely, <laughs> extremely, this version of the Flyers is kind of what they do. They win games and we all are upset about the way that they won them. So. Maybe this will be one of those. We'll see. I was going to say, you you guys at least had that experience of of seeing what the Sabres could have been like, you know, mm-hmm. the third game of the year where it was magically yeah. six to one somehow Sabres. And, yeah. <laughs> um, I, it took the, yeah, like that was when the Sabres offense was actually working. Their play, their power play was, was able to get goals and whatnot. But they, um, I don't know, three straight, three nothing defeats from the Flyers. Like that's. Yeah. No, we just we just saw the Sabres lose three straight five to two games to the Islanders. So I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't I don't I don't know honestly I think um I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm giving Buffalo too much credit for for giving them a goal in my prediction but um but yeah I I I if I'm in your shoes I I 100% feel the same way though like if Philly loses what the hell man <laughs> like like that yeah. that's enough to melt every radio wave in Philadelphia with scorn like i i I would 100 percent agree with all of it i'm just gonna i'm gonna choose to believe that they're going to win and it might be ugly but if they get the win it's a win so you try not to be mad about those (laughs) i I just say in in your case a dub is a dub in buffalo's case a dub might might prolong agony for the fans oh yeah you just want the coach gone (laughs) i don't think they want i think the fans are in a spot now where they don't want to win until they don't want to win until ralph is gone so that's uh it's awkward to say the least but the fans are fed up and yeah like they're gonna finally have fans in the arena in on the 20th and i'm just like i'm jokingly kind of like tugging at my collarbone like well imagine if ralph's still coaching then what would that be like Well, thank you so much for doing this, Joe. This was really great, actually. I, I warned you that I was a rambler. and It was outstanding. Uh, I love a rambler. <laughs> it makes well, this I'm, so much easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, I, I really appreciate you having me, having me on to, to talk about this this incredible sinking ship of a team. And, um, and actually not having it be about the Flyers being the sinking ship, I suppose. That's... Uh, <laughs> Sure, that's a treat for you guys to be able to to be able to look down on somebody else and be like, "Wow, they stink!" Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, at least at least we have the Sabers. There's that. Where can people <laughs> find you? Almost did a spit take. On that, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Where can people find you on the line if you want you, them to find you? Uh, you, you can find me uh, on Twitter at my at my at my name Joe Yurden. Um, I'm very easy to find you can do a search for the hashtag noted jerk which is the my, my now my longest favorite running joke of all time um I, I i you will catch me on die by the blade on sbn i'll be writing a column whenever this thing decides to get figured out or if it doesn't um but something i'll have i've been cooking up something this week to to, to throw up there because boy something's got to be said about all this but um but you find me there and also every thursday on that hockey show um with uh, Paul Cuthbert and a whole host of others covering the whole league. And I have my eyes on the Eastern division for that. So it's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of places to find me and my voice is getting around a lot further this time around. Awesome. That's, that's, that's great. A lot of good stuff there. So I hope you enjoy the game. I hope, you know, as much as you can, I hope <laughs> we enjoy the game. Hopefully it's at least entertaining hockey to watch. It's I'll uh, take that. Well, um, that's a, I think that might be a low bar, Big so. ask, yeah. but I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, I think Sabres fans are firmly in the, uh, Statler Waldorf seats watching mm. the games now where it's, um, they everybody's trying to not become jokerified by everything. So I, I think, I think the Statler and Waldorf life is, is, is a much better way of handling this, this whole mess. Cause boy, it's, it's a lot of losing. <laughs> well, thanks Joe. I hope, I hope it gets better for you at some point. <laughs> I really do. (laughs) Everyone, enjoy the game. Go Flyers.